put this online. But, um, you know, uh, good job coming here tonight. I'm sure we all had things that irritated us. I know that I irritated some people today, said some things I shouldn't have. But that's life, right? It's a tough world out there. So praise God we get to come and uh, be with each other and learn about the Word. So last week we talked about authority and power in divine healing. We talked about how Jesus had authority over sickness and disease and that some of His healings were based on His authority. The centurion came, wanted Jesus to exercise His authority over sickness and disease, and He did, and the servant got healed. But other of Jesus' miracles were based on the power. The fact that Jesus was literally a walking repository of the healing power of God. And when people touched Him in faith, that power would come out of His body and into their bodies, and they would be miraculously healed. And what's so wonderful about that is that we today have the same authority and power in divine healing. The moment we become a Christian, we step in through our union with Christ into that authority and now we can freely exercise it. And the moment we become baptized with the Holy Spirit, we receive the dunamis miracle working power of God. And so one thing, you know, Mark, Mark reminded me about is, guys, you know, the Bible talks about stirring up the gift of God and fan the flame. And, you know, many of us were filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized the Holy Spirit many years ago. But I'm telling you, that needs to be a regular part of your life. And praying in your prayer language, I mean, that's that's an everyday thing that, that I cannot encourage you enough. When my wife was really going through her healing journey, one of the things we learned was how, how praying in the Spirit really activates things in the Spirit realm. Definitely something to bring in manifestation because of all that's going on. You know, God praying this perfect will through your mouth and um, you're speaking the mystery, speaking out the revelation. So we would spend hours praying in the prayer language. And it, it was just as weird as you might imagine, you know, especially when we first got started, you know, praying with each other constantly, praying in our prayer language constantly. You know, we had to fight through that, that mental block there. But you know what? I need, I need my wife's heal. I need the manifestation of her healing more than I need anything else on this planet. So I don't care if it looks weird, acts weird. I don't care what anybody else thinks. We're going to do what we need to do. And I think that's really the right mindset that Christians need to have in the world today for a lot of things. But anyway, uh, so just just keep that focus. You know, keep the focus. You know, constantly remind yourself, no, I am a man or woman of God. I am baptized with the Holy Spirit. I do have the authority of Jesus Christ over sickness and disease. I'm a walking talking repository of the power of God, literally a healing meeting waiting to happen. And I'm going to get that shirt. You know, that, you know, does anybody want to pray? You need to pray with me. I actually have this shirt. You know that company Spiritual Gangster? Anybody seen that? It's kind of a, you know, I don't know what it is, but I got one of those shirts and I wear it around proudly, right? Because you're going to get some questions about that. So anyway, you know, but that's anything you can do because, hey, the power and the wisdom of God resides with you. And, and there is nothing more exciting in this life than being used by God to show His love to the world. I mean, that's it. That's the most exciting thing in the universe is participating with God to expand the kingdom. So, you know, that definitely should be one of our goals in life. <clears throat> but tonight, so I told you that when my wife got diagnosed, 
the Lord brought us the Word. The Lord brought us some awesome teaching. And we really filled in uh, two gaps in our understanding for divine healing. And the first one was really, you know, that we have to curse the tumor. We have to curse the cancer. We have to take authority over sickness and disease. That Jesus is in heaven. That He is not going to exercise that authority for us. He is not going to release the power apart from our faith. And that we need to step into what Jesus has done for us and begin exercising that authority and releasing that power ourselves. So that was number one. And the second thing we really learned um, is, is walking in true biblical faith. So, so tonight we're going to talk about faith. I kind of doubt you've ever heard a discussion of faith like this before, but this is going to bless you. And, you know, when I was a kid, I was in church all the time. And when we would leave church, my dad, you know, and I slept through church and I didn't care. And, and, you know, my dad would say, well, son, how is church? And I would say, oh, you know, dad, that was a life changer. And I was, you know, I was just joking, facetious and, you know, but tonight this is a life changer. There are very few teachings that will impact every area of your life. Like a teaching where you truly understand how faith works. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. 1 John 5, 14-15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. Alright, so, so that obviously is a very powerful verse, very important verse. It should definitely be a verse that kind of forms part of your mental framework, right? And how you approach God. You know, I don't know all of God's will, right? But I know some things are absolutely beyond the shadow of a doubt, God's will, including the complete healing and restoration of my physical body. Maybe there aren't that many things that we could say are absolutely beyond the shadow of a doubt God's will, but that's one of them. So, so you know that God wants you healed, and when you come to God in prayer, it's always yes, that power is always freely available, that authority is always right there to be exercised, and you can have faith that, that there's no spiritual hindrance as far as God or God's will is concerned, to you receiving healing. But that's a very powerful verse as you approach your prayer life. Anything that I can discern from the Word of God that it is God's will, then the answer is yes. And now I just need to come to God in faith. Look at James 1, verses 5-8. through 8. This adds a little bit to our understanding of prayer. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and abrades not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So what's the, what's the first and perhaps easiest takeaway from this passage? I think, I think the easiest takeaway is that wisdom is absolutely God's will for your life. So now we've established at least the second thing that is absolutely God's will for my life is that I would have wisdom from God for what to do in my life. But so now, how am I going to get this wisdom? There's a process to receiving things from God sometimes. 
And so what I'm going to do is I have to ask. But I have to ask in faith. So we go back and put that verse with the one we read before, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. But we need to be asking in faith. And if I'm not asking in faith, what James tells me is that I do not have the right to expect to receive anything from God. That's a strong statement. That was a powerful statement, right? People be praying all the time and not thinking about this. But this is a master key to prayer. I must be praying in faith. So let's talk about faith a little bit. And this is going to be our longer read for tonight. This is Mark 11, 12 through 14 and 20 to 24. The next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, may no one eat your fruit again. May no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. The next morning as they passed by the fig tree he had cursed, the disciples noticed it had withered from the roots up. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you curse has withered and died. Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. So this is one of Jesus's most important discussions on faith. They come to him and say, look, look what happened to the fig tree. How did that happen? And he says, have faith in God. So we're talking about our faith operation here. And then he tells us how to perform miracles. That's fundamentally what's going on here. You saw the supernatural now. You've seen a miracle. You've seen the exercise of my authority in this fig tree with a physical manifestation. This is how you do it. You use your faith and you pray and you say. So now here's the key. Faith in the Greek is the word pistis. P-I-S-T-I-S. Pistis. And that word comes from the Greek, a verb that means to convince. It means persuasion. It means conviction. The verb to believe is pisteo. In the Greek is pisteo, which literally means to have pisses. So in the English language, we have the words faith and belief. They don't really look alike. They don't sound alike. Maybe they have some theoretical relationship, but in the Greek, it's very different. It's pistis and pisteo, and pisteo means to have pistis. That's how close these words are in the Greek. That's what Jesus is talking about. So when we look at what the Greek words mean, okay, what Jesus is really saying, I have faith means I am convinced I am persuaded. I am assured. Another way of saying is I believe. I have conviction. I have persuasion. I have assurance. Hope is not faith. Belief by itself. Like I think it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. I really want it to happen. That is not 
biblical faith. That is not what Jesus was talking about. What biblical faith is, is something much more like this. I am absolutely sure of the reality of something that I cannot physically see, but I am standing on God's Word that says it's a reality. I am convinced. I am persuaded. I am assured. That's business. That's what Jesus was talking about when He tells the disciples how to operate in the supernatural. That is extremely important. Hebrews 11 verse 1. This is the New Living. We're going to see it in the New Living in the Amplified Translations. New Living. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. They amplify. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. That's kind of crazy, right? I mean, those are amazing verses that are telling us the true essence of faith. Perceiving as real fact what is not yet revealed to the senses. So before we go on, let's do a quick recap at the relationship between faith and healing in some of Jesus' miracles. Matthew 9.22 When the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus' garment, Jesus's garment and received her healing. Quote, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Matthew 9.29 When Jesus healed the two blind men. According to your faith, be it unto you. Matthew 15.28 When Jesus freed the woman's demon-possessed daughter. O woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you, even as you will. Matthew, Mark 10.52 I think you guys have these. Go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Luke 7.9 I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. That's the centurion. Luke 17, 9. When Jesus healed the leper, arise, go your way, your faith has made you whole. You see, there's a, there is a, a complete link between faith and the healing miracles of Jesus. <clears throat> now let's look at Mar- Matthew 13, 54-58. It's very interesting. He returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, Where does he get this wisdom and the power to do miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. All his sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his hometown and among his own family. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. Unbelief in the Greek is apistia, apistia, literally apistis or no faith, no pistis without pistis. So faith is pistis, belief is have pistis, and unbelief, no pistis. Again, further illustrating the incredible relationship, at least in the mind of Jesus, between these words. And so what Jesus is saying is, no pistis, or what the Word of God is saying is, no pistis, no supernatural. No pistis, no miracles. And and that sounds strong, 
And I'll teach you in a minute how you probably have operated in pistis in some areas of your life without ever even thinking about that word. But that's the biblical relationship here. Now, this is also fascinating. So when the people who were healed under the ministry of Jesus, when they were operating in faith, you see, they were believing in what Jesus could do. But now we, 2,000 plus years ago, years later, we're believing in what Jesus has already done. So yes, I agree. It may have been a little bit easier. You're standing in the healing line and you just saw the first thousand people. You know, the crutches are, are getting thrown down. The wheelchairs are getting thrown down. You know, lepers are getting totally healed right in front of you. Yes, that probably was very easy on their minds for them to step up and believe, hey, Jesus can heal one more. But now we look back and we see all the people that Jesus healed in the Word of God. All the people that Jesus has healed over the last 2,000 years. All the people that you know that have experienced the healing miracle. And we look at what Jesus has already done. And if He did it for them, He'll do it for me. We also look very specifically at what Jesus did on the cross. And remember, He bore my sicknesses. He carried my disease. And by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. So I look very specifically at what Jesus already did as opposed to what He's going to do. <clears throat> Hebrews six twelve. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. So, many things in God's Word have been promised, including wisdom and including healing, including a number of other things. But we need to see those things manifested. We need to inherit the promises. Now, very, very interesting. In Christ, all of the promises of God are what? Yes and amen. Why is that? Right? Well, it's that for a couple of reasons. First of all, is because He is God's Son, and His God is, and excuse me, Jesus is God's heir, and He inherits everything, and we are what? Join heirs with Christ. So every single thing that Jesus is entitled to for any reason, we are similarly entitled to because of our union with Christ. But also Jesus is entitled because He earned them. He earned the promises. Any conditional promise there ever was through His righteousness, because He obeyed every aspect of the law, He literally earned and became entitled to the promises and in the same way, so do we. Not because of what we did, but because of what He's done. So again, we are constantly keeping our mind on what Jesus has done and looking to Jesus, who's what? The author and finisher of our faith. He's the author and finisher of my faith for salvation. He's the author and finisher of my faith for healing. The author and finisher of my faith for finances. Because He became poor so I could be rich. Right? He took every aspect of the curse to the cross. So I can live in every aspect of the blessing. But I went off on a tangent there. Faith and patience is the key. So by faith and patience... We inherit or take physical possession of the promises. And what is patience? Right, Patience in the Bible is nothing more than just staying in that place of faith for a period of time. Right, The fig tree didn't immediately 
wither and die. There was a period of time. There is often in our lives a period of time between the exercise of the authority, the exercise of the power, and that physical manifestation. And that's where patience comes in. And so what you have to do, and maybe you've heard this phrase before, that's when you have to stay in the place of faith. See, when I am in the place of faith, it looks like this. Father, I prayed like you told me to pray. I exercised my authority like you told me to. I laid hands on the sick like you told me to. I cursed that tumor like you told me to. And yes, I can still see the person's hurting. I can still see their blood work. I can still see the CT scan. But by Jesus' stripes, they were healed. And I've done what you've told me to do. I laid hands on the sick and they shall recover. They are healed now. I have the conviction of its reality. My faith perceiving as real fact what has not yet been revealed to my senses. So it's done now. I can't see it yet, but I know that it's done. When you are in that place, you are in the place of faith. And the reason that is key is it is only when you are in the place of faith that the power of God is flowing to bring in the manifestation. That is a key, key process for prayer. When I am in the place of faith, the power of God is flowing to bring the manifestation. It could be in anything, right? There's sometimes where you're in the place of faith for a spiritual situation. When you're in the place of faith, the whole kingdom of heaven system is operating on your behalf to bring in that manifestation. See, that's when the angels are moving. That's when the power of God is flowing. That is the key to your manifestation. And that's patience. If you step out of that place of faith, well, maybe I better take another time and all. There's nothing wrong with taking medicine, but where's your faith? Right? I guess it didn't work. I, bet, I better call my brother for a loan. Whatever it might be, right? When you come out of that place and you say to yourself, man, I'm not seeing the physical manifestation. The fig tree still looks fine. It must not have worked. I've exited the place of faith. I'm not operating in faith. I'm not operating in patience. And there's no pistis now. No pistis, no miracle. It's our job to exercise the authority and the power that we've been given and after we've done that, we stay in pistis. That's the key. Because as long as you're in pistis, the power of God is flowing. And that big tree is dead already. That tumor is dead already. That cancer cell, I mean, you know they say a dead man walking? That cancer cell is a dead cell moving through your body. It just hasn't shown up yet on the CT scan. It just hasn't shown up yet on your next blood work. But it's already done. And so I worship you, Father. I worship you that this thing's done. I worship you that I laid hands on my child and by Jesus' stripes my child was healed. I worship you that you've given me the miracle working power of God. I laid hands on my, on my sister and by Jesus' stripes my sister was healed. You know, maybe, maybe the manifestation hasn't showed up yet. But the manifestation is not my responsibility. 
It is my responsibility to stay in business. That's my job as a believer. Believe, have business. I'm a believer. I have business. And let me explain one thing about again, you know, about how you've probably operated in pistis and haven't even thought about it, right? The difference between believing for salvation and believing for everything else is in salvation, there's no physical circumstance that I could point to and say, you're not saved. What, what could I do? There's nothing I could do where I could say, well, look, your checkbook still says you're broke. You're not saved. You, you know, I can clearly see that your, your, your leg is still broken. Right? There's nothing like that when it comes to salvation. Because there's no evidence that I was ever saved anyway. There's no physical evidence. Right? I believe that I'm saved because the Bible says if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, excuse me, if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God raised Him from the dead, I shall be saved. And nothing in the natural order is going to tell me otherwise. So I am in pistis that by Jesus' stripes, or excuse me, that because of what Jesus did on the cross, I'm saved and I've already got my ticket to paradise for eternity. But in the other things, in the financial realm, in the physical realm, in the healing realm, in the area of relationships with your child, uh, with your spouse, these things that are beyond the shadow of doubt, God's will for your life. Restored relationships with your family members, financial stability, perfect physical uh, situation, wisdom, right? These things that are absolutely God's will for your life, there are physical things that will fight against your pistis. They will fight against you standing in the place of faith. So that's why 2 Corinthians 5 7, everybody's favorite verse, we walk by faith. Not by sight. I believe in my reality. And I know this is not getting out there, but guys, we can go to the top. We can go to another lifestyle. This is what's presented to us. Where we can literally dominate the world by the power of God. Jesus said, nothing shall by any means hurt you. We should be walking around advertising the miracle working power of God, the authority that is available to us. I live by my faith in what the Bible tells me is true. Now that I've laid hands on the person in the checkout line who's clearly suffering, right? I laid hands, I've released the power, she's healed. And I'm staying in pistis that that person is totally healed. That's, that's all I can do. That's my job. I'm now in pistis and her manifestation is coming. Right? So as I'm in pistis, the power of God is flowing. And you know, there are other areas where you've probably operated in pistis and just haven't really thought about it. You know, another good one is the tithe. Right? For any of you that's a tither, I know Pastor Craig was talking about that. The tithe doesn't necessarily require a constant mental struggle in the same way that a healing journey might. Right? Where you're believing God for healing, but those symptoms are just screaming at your faith. But the tithe, I put in my 10% and I believe God's blessing my finances. 
I believe that as Pastor Craig talked about, the windows of heaven are open over me. So it's actually kind of easy to step into that faith because it doesn't have that constant barrage of contrary symptoms. Now, hey, we all you know, go through financial things here and there, right? But my point is, is that what we have to do when it comes to faith is begin thinking this way every single time you pray. And that is a mental shift. And I'll tell you two quick stories. The first one is we were six months into my wife's healing journey and we're getting stronger. You know, we're reading the books, we're listening to the Word, and we go to Canada. And it was cold. It was in October. It was Canada. And you know, that's a, it was in Vancouver. That's a long flight and all that. And so we get out there, and, and my voice is like gone. You know, I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened. You know, I got attacked. It was some sort of you know virus, demonic spirit, whatever, right? But I got attacked. But but I'm strong at this point, right? I'm thinking not not today, Satan, not this time. But but I can barely speak. And you know, your throat hurts and speak. But so so. Why do we confess? What's the point of confession? Confession is not, I say this, you know, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed 10,000 times, and on the 10,000th time it works. No, we say it once, and then believe we receive. Confession keeps our mind in the place of faith. So does worship, so does other thing. I'll give you a couple of pointers on that in a minute. But confession reinforces our faith and keeps our mind in pistis. Because really, that's where the battle is. Right? That's what, to keep your mind in that place of faith. So we're walking around Vancouver. By Jesus Christ, I was healed. By Jesus Christ, I was I mean, that's all I could do. Because my voice was so jacked up. And my kids are like, Dad, stop. You look so weird. What are you doing? I'm just, you know, you got no voice, no voice box. Anyway, whole day goes like that. Kids go down to sleep. I'm sitting on the couch. I don't know, I don't remember what I said. It wasn't anything spiritual. It was probably something like, I'm still hungry. And I sit down and I say to my wife, you know, I'm still hungry. And then it hits me. My voice is back. And I, I hadn't gone to sleep. I hadn't taken any medicine. And it, and it wasn't 100%, I can't say that. But I would say 85% back. And, and I had just gotten it, it that day. I didn't, you know, and I didn't do anything else. But it, I mean, I knew it was a notable, a miracle had occurred right there in my body. The next day I woke up 100%, completely restored, never thought about it again. You know, but I was keeping myself in the place of faith. And it took maybe 10 hours or so for, for that faith to manifest. And let me just give you another brief example because I'm telling you, take this to every aspect of your life. Father, <laughs> I gotta, I'll tell you a story. This is a couple of days ago. So anyway, this guy owed me some money. And uh, you know how that goes, right? So, so, uh, I, I'm a real estate lawyer, and anyway, there's very, various relationships, you know, and I have to deal with a lot of people, and God told me in a dream, never do business with this guy again. So, sure enough, I, the time came, and I kind of needed somebody, and, and um, I, just, I just didn't listen to God. I just did another deal with this guy, because I needed somebody. And so, sure enough, comes, time comes for me to get paid. 
and the guy's not paying me. And, you know, and uh, he owes me and somebody else some money. And, and I'm really getting annoyed, but it's tough to get too mad because God told me not to you know, deal with this guy anyway, right? And so I'm like, oh man, what do I do here? So the other day, I'm like, all right, Father, I'm sorry. I will never deal with that guy again. And I, I forgive me, but you know, it's not just me he owes money. It's me and my clients and good Christian people. Father, I pray by your Holy Spirit, you just move on that guy. So, stop, believe I receive, I'm in pistis, it's done, hour goes by, I'm not thinking about it anymore, zip, money comes in. And you know, because I get, I, get, well, I get paid by wires. So, my point is that start using pistis faith in every single area of your life. It's one thing to say, I pray for something, and man, I really hope so. That's the way we've prayed most of the time for most of our lives. And when, when it shows up, we think, awesome, glory to God, hallelujah. But when it doesn't show up, we've been taught, maybe it God, wasn't God's will, maybe it wasn't God's timing, maybe for some unbiblical reason the answer was no, but that's wrong thinking. Rather, we know that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, we have what we asked. It's instantaneous. The answer is always yes, because all the promises of God are yes and amen. But what do I have to do? I have to ask in faith. For if I don't, let not me think that I'll receive anything from God. So every time I pray now, about anything. I have the voice of the Holy Spirit that revealed this to me that says, where's your business? Where's your business? You prayed, what are you doing? Are you hoping? Are you wishing? Are you wanting? Or are you pisteo? Do you have pistis? Do you have faith? Because when you have pistis, now what do you do next? You cast it over on the Lord. Knowing that He, I cast my cares, knowing that He cares for me. Thank you, Jesus, this thing's done. Thank you, Jesus, I'm healed. Thank you, Jesus, that that manifestation's on the way. But it's mine now. And let me tell you how powerful this is when you really start meditating it. I don't just have, by Jesus' stripes, my wife was healed. That's a promise, and I have it. And we have that manifestation now. By Jesus' stripes, my wife was healed, and I have to the end of a full lifespan. Remember, that was last week's verse. I have to the end of a full lifespan, no recurrence, no evidence of disease, nothing ever coming back on her. I have it now. Because Jesus says, or excuse me, God said in Exodus, I will take sickness out of your existence. And you will have a full lifespan. The number of your days I will fulfill. I will remove sickness and disease from your midst. I have now my wife's full lifespan with sickness and disease removed from her existence. You see, because what is God sees the end from the beginning. I have it now. And not just the instantaneous physical manifestation. I have that the enduring thing. My kid 
is going to be 60 years old and I'll still have a wonderful relationship with my kid. She's still going to call me daddy. She's still going to love me. We're still going to be close just like we are now. The promises of God are enduring and they are uh, everlasting. Right? They will always be with me when I'm operating in pistis. So that's the key for tonight. And I'm telling you, this will change your life. Every prayer. Where's your pistis? Where's your pistis? Before we go tonight, and I know I've gone a bit long. I wanted to just mention a couple of things because we were, we were in kind of a two-year healing journey we, weren't, we learned a whole lot. We were in meetings constantly. We were in words, I mean, books, messages, tapes, you name it. Saw the weird. We saw the good, bad, and the ugly, right? We saw it all. But I have some, some takeaways, and this is for you or anybody you know that might go through a protracted healing journey. Fix your eyes on God and His Word. That needs to be your source of inspiration, and that needs to be forming your mental framework during that time, especially if it's something like cancer or a significant disease where you might be going through treatment for a while. You need to, you need to shut off Netflix, shut off the shows, shut off the garbage, and feed on the Word of God. Let that be what is filling your mind. Constantly listen to the Word and regularly attend healing meetings. Uh, I'm a big believer in that. It's not that every single healing meeting is going to grab you, that every single ministry is going to bless you, but being in the atmosphere of faith. And what did Pastor Mark, we were talking about this, Pastor Doug said, you know, another person's testimony is your prophecy. Right? So being around the healing ministry, being around the move of God, the power of God, we believe a lot in you know, going and experiencing these ministries. Cancel, in the name of Jesus, you cancel any negative word or diagnosis spoken over you. You don't have to be rude. You don't have to be mean. Doctor says you're going to die. Like my wife, she basically said, look, we're talking single digit years here. And um, you're going to be on chemo the rest of your life. I cancel that word right now in the name of Jesus Christ Almighty. I rebuke that with long life. Uh, you will satisfy my wife and show her your salvation, right? I cancel those words. You cancel that diagnosis. You take authority over them in the name of Jesus and you declare crop failure over those words. Avoid discussing your medical situation with faithless people unless absolutely necessary. I don't care if it's your spouse, your, your father, your mother, your kid. If they have no faith for your miracle, they are not invited into the conversation. And maybe that'd be tough at first, but just trust me on that. You don't want anything contaminating your pistis. That's the key. I want a pure pistis. Be led by the Spirit of God. Spend a lot of time worshiping and a lot of time praying in your prayer language. In both worship and in your prayer language, the Spirit of God is moving. The angels are moving. Things are happening in the spirit realm. And I think those are master keys to manifestation. If you're, if you're using doctors... Nothing wrong with that. My wife did the conventional, the spiritual, and the, uh, the integrative or the alternative, whatever. She did it all. But, you know, if you're using doctors, we need to apply pistis to our medical treatment. That's the key. So you, because what, according to your faith, be it done unto you, even as you will have it according to your faith. So you stand in true biblical faith in pistis that God is giving your doctors wisdom and the treatment plan is working. By Jesus' stripes, you were already healed. 
but the treatment plan is assisting with your manifestation. There's nothing worse than being on chemotherapy and having a whole bunch of people tell you how terrible chemotherapy is. You curse that word in the name of Jesus. Right? I don't care what chemotherapy does to other people. Chemotherapy does my body good in Jesus' name. And so what my wife and I did, because unfortunately we got built up before she started, we would leave the Moffitt Infusion Center. That's a fun place. But, you know, you would leave the Moffitt Infusion Center. This is what we did every time. Chemotherapy, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over you. You will not hurt one healthy cell in Shannon's body. You will only kill uh, any, any damaged or cancerous cells in Shannon's body. And the, you will work with the power of God to bring about healing in Shannon's body. And the moment you are done, you will leave Shannon's body never to return. Those are, I believe, very, very good things. I don't care what medicine you're on. Pay close attention to God for any directions about your treatment plan. We went one place for uh, chemo and we went very different places for her surgeries. And that was led by the Spirit of God. You got no peace somewhere. You don't like the doctor. You don't like whatever. You don't like the feel. You move out and trust God to bring you to the right place. Because God wants you healed. And God needs to be your chief physician. He needs to be the one guiding your treatment plan. And He will by the Holy Spirit. Because He wants you healed more than you do. I don't care what somebody told you. right? That's the biblical truth. So guys... I know I went long. I'm sorry. I just wanted to give you those. And I pray that they bless you and those people in your life. But piss this faith. So now, here's what we're going to do to, for, with our remaining time tonight. If you have not been prayed for, if you've been to these meetings, and just in your table environments, if you have not yet received a prayer for your healing situation, if you do have a situation, please tell the table leader and, and let's start with that. So, like, let's just pretend, you know, somebody at a table has a, a healing need. Let's everybody at the table start by praying for that person and make sure that that person has received a prayer of pistis faith for healing. But for those of you that have received or if there's nobody in that boat tonight at your table, then what I think let's do is let's spend time in our table environments in prayer glorifying God for the answers to the prayers that we've already prayed. The fact that, look, everybody at this table laid hands on me three weeks ago and by Jesus' stripes I was healed. They released the pay, they released the power, they used their authority, and now I'm standing here right now, not walking by sight, but walking by faith, that I'm healed. So let's spend some time just, you know, just you can take turns, however you want to let the Spirit lead the prayer at your table, maybe taking turns is actually kind of a good idea, just however you feel led to do it. But just glorify God for the answered prayer in your life. That He did hear you. That it was according to His will. And it is done. So we're going to take time allowing the Spirit to lead us in thanksgiving, in praise, in glorifying God, in a, in a, in a time of Spirit-led prayer. So, uh, guys, I love you. God bless you. I pray that blesses you tonight.